Thank you, everyone, and welcome to Expert Event on KikiTV.live. And today I'm so pleased to introduce my dear friend and a very accomplished individual. Jennifer Bernard is a USA Today bestselling romance author. And she writes romance novels with her favorite combination of humor, steaminess, and emotion. She's written almost 30 novels, which I think is just extraordinary. And um, she's passionate about um, her deep mission is to lighten the hearts of her readers. And her other passions are yoga and healing the world. Jennifer is a graduate of Harvard and a former news promo producer. And she left big city life in LA to uh, follow, to find true love in Alaska, where she now lives with her husband and uh, stepdaughters. So welcome, Jennifer. Hi. Hi. So here. I haven't seen you in so long, so it's even just... Like, I know. It's, it's very exciting. Jennifer comes to the East Coast. Um, I'm just muting some people here. Jennifer comes to the East Coast, not so much, but she, you did in the summer. You grew up in Maine to see family, and then you were coming to some big romance writing conventions and conferences and things like that. And right. I just want to tell our listeners a little bit about uh, how I got to know Jennifer. And I did share this in a newsletter announcing your um, presence in the expert uh, event. <laughs> so I opened a yoga school in Los Angeles in 1996. There was not a lot of yoga schools at that time. And there was not a lot of yoga. And um, I opened like a neighborhood yoga school. And at that time, I taught yoga at a few schools around town. And my then partner, eventual husband, uh, taught yoga at some schools around town. And I think Jennifer was in a class of his. Yes. Out in Larchmont. In Larchmont. Yeah. So then when we opened our school in Silver Lake, and uh, some of our students from where we taught around town showed up. and. Jennifer showed up every morning for her morning Mysore Ashtanga yoga. And we had another student or two that always showed up. And I considered Jennifer and these other students to be like the pillars of the yoga school. Because if Jennifer and Roberto didn't come, <laughs> there would have been no yoga school. They were the pillars of the yoga school. The pressure. <laughs> really, Jennifer. And at that time we would travel to India about once a year for three months. And we didn't have any money to uh, bring a teacher in to teach our students. So we gave keys to the two pillars of the yoga school. And Jennifer took the drive in the dark in the early morning and showed up and turned on the heat and the lights and did her practice and allowed other people to come in and practice. So. Um, it really is true that you were like a founding member of the school and of the community. So how did you find your way to yoga? And then why did the type of yoga that you became so involved in, in Ashtanga Yoga, why was that important to you? And, yeah. Uh, how that influenced you? Well, it's, um, looking back, it's like, I don't know how I got so... <laughs> They say that when you're, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, you know, that kind of thing. I kind of feel like it was like that. Like, um, I just kind of followed, you know, I went to a yoga class. I liked it. You know, it was cool. But then Noah taught the class, your, you know, ex-partner. And, um, and I just sensed that he really knew a lot and that he could be really, I could learn a lot from him. And, um, and I think I met you around the same time. You were, also teaching, I can't remember exactly, but um, so yeah, as soon as I found out that you guys were gonna go out on your own, I, of course I wanted to support that and also, you know, continue to learn whatever I could. And the way that you approached the practice was, um, it was just so much, it felt very authentic to me. And um, I could tell that, you know, the fact that you went to India a lot and, obviously had already been several times and we're really trying to um you know adhere closely to kind of the you know the original spirit of the, the yoga practice that i really that really spoke to me a lot and then 
the fact that it's a daily practice, it's designed that way, um, that consistency. And you know, a lot of people, I've heard the complaint, I, I get not, not from people who practice it, from people who look from the outside, that it's, might be kind of boring or something to do. How can you do the same every thing day. every day? Right. And How do you like, do the same thing every day? That's and, and, you know, I'm a creative person. You're a creative person. And I never had that problem. Like you would think that it would. Like, oh, I need variety. I need something different. I need some, you know, and it never felt that way. I always felt like, well, it's, it's the same form, but every day is a different experience. And you can really you know, get, go deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, the more time goes on and, you know, the more familiar you get, the more you're, it's like a new adventure every day. Um, and I, I really loved that part of it and feeling that there was, it wasn't so much about, I don't know, it was about, I guess the, the, the depth of it, the fact that you can, by doing the same thing, you can explore deeper and, you know, find new things every time. And, and we had a nice tribe. Yeah. We oh, were yeah. like these, we were like, you know, in the old ghost town of like the, the wild west and everyone coming in in the morning and with this shared passion around the practice and uh, really yeah. doing something pretty radical. Right. And it was um, um, Ashtanga, at least the way you guys were teaching it then and you know, actually now I, we don't have an Ashtanga teacher here. This is, this is actually my yoga studio that I go to. Jennifer is in Homer, Alaska, and we're going to get to how she ended up there from right. Los Angeles. So you get a little bit of Alaska out my, my window there, but um, there, there is no Ashtanga teacher here. And, you know, I have, you know, I had a very established practice when I came here. So I just practiced on my own. And, but then I discovered a, a wonderful teacher here who does Kundalini. So that's what I've been doing, you know, switching out back and forth. But um, anyway, that's a little, a little off track. But um, the, the, the thing about Ashtanga is, um, <laughs> where, where was I headed when I first started talking about this? You were headed to, um, that you're in your yoga room right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you're doing okay. self-practice. And self-practice, I would say, you know, self-practice is our true practice. And the way that we learned, you know, Ashtanga yoga is as a self-practice. When right. I started Ashtanga yoga, there was maybe two or three Ashtanga yoga teachers in the United States. <laughs> we have, yeah. uh, which is probably, you know, for some of our listeners here, that's so hard to believe, especially those of them that are Ashtanga yoga teachers. Um, so people used to move to Encinitas to study with Tim Miller. They would change their entire life to have a teacher or move to Boulder to study um, with Rich, uh, Richard Freeman or move to Maui to study with Nancy Gilgolf. So we had to do self-practice if we yeah. lived somewhere. And when we would leave India, our teacher, Patabi Joyce, would say, you go home, you take practice every day, save your money and come back. <laughs> and... Uh, that's what we did. And it's interesting because when you're in Mysore, everyone wants to go back. But very few people do go back because mm -hmm. life takes over. So whenever someone came back, he would be like, oh, you're back. <laughs> I never got a chance to go back. I did. It was such an amazing experience the, the time that I went. I was so fortunate to be able to do it. And it just, life never, ever panned out that way again. But um it was amazing. But yeah, oh, I remember now what the point I was going to get to yes. was that the, with the self-practice and the way, the way you were teaching, um, there wasn't, it wasn't like a teacher, um, like, you know, speaking from the front of the room and talking about a lot of, you know, anything really. It was about the poses and, you know, you would get self-hands-on instruction for various poses and then you're kind of on your own and the teachers would come around, you guys would come around and, you know, adjust or, you know, help us get into a posture, but, but mostly it was so internal. And, um, I really liked that about it too, that it was, I found it very, very freeing. Like my thoughts would just go all kinds of places. And, um, by the end, you know, I'd be, you know, coming out of Shavasana and just feel like I'd been on this journey. <laughs> and it was, it was very, I'm going to say maybe a little bit addictive, even just the experience of to get that, to get to that brain state yeah. or that nervous system state. Right. At the exactly. time you were in a very high stress job and yeah. really 
you were in news. It's like a 24 hour a day job. Yeah. And it was not the loveliest uh, corporate culture and everything like that. So you were doing your yoga, you were going to high stress job. Mm -hmm. You, you did buy your own home in Los Angeles and you were, uh, you were in a good, great career on a good career path. You were doing all the things that people hope to do. And um, so then you made a, you had a calling and you made a big decision. Talk about how this desire to leave LA and go to yeah. Alaska and really write what you wanted to write and have that belief and faith in what you wanted to share directly with the reader. Tell right. me about that. Well, I had, you know, when I first moved to LA, it was with the dream of being a screenwriter. And I, so, you know, writing has always been my, the thing that I wanted to do one form or another. And, and I, you know, I happened to get into this, um, uh, career field of writing promos for, for the news. <laughs> and that was, you know, that was how I made my living, but obviously it wasn't what I, had always wanted to write. So the whole time I was working at, um, you know, the TV station on the side, I was writing screenplays and I probably like, you know, write 10 screenplays just <laughs> sitting around. Wow. And, um, it, yeah, it just, it's, it, it, I could never crack the, the code of making it in Hollywood. And I, you know, I have every respect for people who do and whatever reason it just wasn't, didn't work that way for me. So, um, and was there, but, uh, just to step in a second, was there like a, like a daily feeling or no, maybe not daily, but a reoccurring feeling of like, oh, I can't make it or why isn't this working or, um, yeah, I would get frustrated. Like, um, I mean, obviously I just figured it was, it was, well, two things. One, I wasn't writing the kinds of things that Hollywood wanted to make. And that I didn't really have the, I, I don't know, what, what, whatever it takes to really push yourself into that world. Um, it didn't, it didn't feel, it started to feel like this is just not the right <laughs> venue for me. It's a tough it. world. And yeah. people are pushy. Mm -hmm. People are like hardcore. You yeah, you do have to be. And, or you have to create, you know, you have to create that persona. Right. And people, people put friends second. They put family second. They put, yeah. and it's just, it is, I can understand coming to that place. I did too. Mm -hmm. I was a professional actress of where like, right. I have this really enjoyable, wonderful yoga community. Yeah. And it's fantastic every single day at my yoga school. Right. And yet I'm over here like, uh, pushed and pulled and, yeah. And one day I kind of, I didn't get a job. I, I, back when we had phones, I like hung up the phone and I started crying yeah. and I was like, so in the running in the running where they're almost there, like you got it. See you on the set, like that type of thing. And mm -hmm. then I got this personal call to yeah. that I didn't get it. And yeah. I just hung up the phone and I felt so low. And I thought, why am I in this field where I have no agency? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I have to wait for someone else to give me the permission yeah. to share my joy, to right. do what I was trained to do. To, and I, I that was it. It was very painful yeah. to let it go. And I remember my partner at the time. He'd be like, "But, but you're choosing to let it go. Why are you on the bed <laughs> sobbing in your pillow every afternoon?" And I was like. This is what I wanted. Like, I tell stories. I play, like, I have this imagination. I've done this since I was six years old, eight years old, 10 years old. I went to school. I'm trained. I'm, it was really hard to let go. Yeah. Uh, but I let go and life continues to unfold. Yeah. Sometimes it, you just have to <laughs> find your way, like water, you know, it's like there's a big rock here. So you try and then you, you go around the rock. But what I, I knew that um, I had things to say, you know, I knew, I knew it. Um, but I couldn't find the form, you know, that 
and it wasn't news promo. <laughs> so I'm right. fine with that. But so it wasn't. You had that faith in yourself. You had that faith, like I know I have something to share. Yeah. And so that was, I mean, that was of, of the many things I've tried to write over the years, I had never tried to write an actual full length book. And um, I'd written tons of short stories, obviously screenplays, um, you know, just all, all kinds of stuff. But I'd never, I'd never allowed myself to think that I could actually write an entire novel, like from beginning to end. Just, I don't know, it just felt daunting. Um, and I think this is part of where yoga practice really helped me a lot that you do, especially that Ashtanga practice, you do things that are so challenging that you really, you know, when you first start as a little baby practitioner, you watch people doing like, I could never, like never, that's, that's, <laughs> that's impossible, you know? And then you keep going day after day after day. And, you, and then you, you stop really thinking about, oh, I'm, I need to get there, at least I did. And then all of a sudden, like you're being taught that pose and you're like, holy, you know, I can actually kind of do this. And then the next thing you know, you're actually doing it. And it I'm was just recalling that you had a skiing accident. Yeah, I and did. And you damaged your knee. Yes. And yeah. my ACL. You <laughs> came in and, and, and then fully recovered. You came in and did some baby interim practice. And um, you got to the other side and then you got back. You got back yeah. on the highway, the super highway of doing these things that you thought you may never be able to do again. Yeah, I was, the, when, I, when I had the accident on the, on the ski slopes, my knee twisted around, pain, you know, agony. But then my first thought was, oh no, I wonder if I'm going to miss yoga. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. The, the persistence and, the, and you know, the, the discovery that you can, if you just keep at it, you know, you can do amazing things that you didn't anticipate at first. And it's not like a flash. It's not like, ta-da, you know, here I am. I could do it. It's that daily, um, you know, just kind of keeping at it, at least for so, me. Right. I'm not a naturally, like, gifted, flexible, whatever person. Oh. So when you, you made this decision to move to Alaska, which I want to hear about what called you there. And then yeah. did, when did romance writing begin to predominate or call you? Was it before Alaska? It was just before Alaska. Yeah. I, well, this is when I challenged myself. I, well, I actually didn't challenge myself to write a whole book. I just started, I had this idea and I started writing it and I didn't even know how long. A about firemen? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a totally different. It was like it, it was a little bit science fictiony. Okay, it was like a, an alternate universe that you know the heroine went back and forth between the the alternate universe and really it was. I've never published it. It's it's just my first. You know, it was my how do you do this kind of project. Um, and I just kept writing on it, and I loved it. I was I felt so empowered to just sit Wonderful. and write something for myself that. Um, I was once again going to have to like try to twist into some format, screenplay format that didn't suit me or that Hollywood would never go for or whatever. I could just write it. And, and I, it was just, it, I kind of wrote the whole thing. I didn't even know how long it was supposed to be. And some guy on a plane said, oh, you know, once you get to like 20,000 words, you can maybe send it to an agent. And I looked at my manuscript and I had like 40,000 words already. <laughs> like I knew nothing about you know, how to write a book, but, um, I want to ask you, you have a full-time job in the news, pretty high stress. You're on the yoga mat at 6 a.m. every morning. Yeah. Where did you find the time to write 40,000 words? Because we always feel or hear, I don't have time. I don't have time. Where did yeah. that time come from? The dedicated time? How did yeah. you? Um, at that point, I'm trying to think, I mean, I think I, I had like a late shift at, I didn't go to work until noon, I think something like that. So I would come back from yoga and do it then. I, I honestly, at that point, I don't remember how I, I may not have had dedicated time. Maybe I just kind of worked on it when, um, spare time. I don't know. I don't remember. It was a tough time emotionally for me in my life at that point. And I, like, I, I was like growing to hate my job really and not feel just feeling like I had to make some kind of big change and what change, like it was either 
move up in my job. Like it's like the corporate culture where you can't just kind of stay in one place. You have to keep moving up and up and up. And I didn't want the up. I didn't want that responsibility and that kind of type of job at all. So I, I was just increasingly unhappy. So it's, it's very likely that the time that I found was just because I was unhappy and it was a refuge, you know, to Wonderful. have the, have this place where I could go and just um, be creative and let, let the ideas come out and have nobody, you know, watching over my shoulder and, you know, <laughs> I could just do my own thing. Really. To be free of, because we can internalize the critic. Oh, absolutely. Every external critic, and it oh. could have been even like a terrible professor, right? Yeah. I had, there was a teacher in like my, one of my theater conservancy, conservancy classes, and he would say, never to me, thank goodness, but get off my stage. You don't deserve, you don't deserve to be in the theater. And it was just crushing. So there is the external critic and we can internalize that critic, whether it's from childhood, whether it's from a, some family member or an actual teacher, we can internalize that and never perform. So you yeah. had an opportunity there to, be free yeah. of the internal critic. Well, and the, the, the internal critic came back, of course. Like, you know, but I've learned, um, you know, my, my trick for dealing with that, for anybody who ever wants to- Yes, we want to know. <laughs> is you, is, is the, the first draft, you just, it's, oh, it's, it's supposed to be bad. Like, even think of it that way. Like, it's okay if it's bad, it doesn't matter. Everything can be fixed. You know, what can't be fixed is nothing. So just get it out there and be okay with it sucking because probably it doesn't, it's not as bad as you're thinking, you know, some parts you can maybe, and then you, but you can always fix it in writing. That's rewriting is the magic of writing for me. That's when you can really pull everything together. And Great. I'm just going to repeat, repeat that. Uh, you can always rewrite and rewriting is the magic. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you. So rewriting is the magic. My philosophy. My philosophy. I, only right. I like it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So um, you wrote this book. You're that's super exciting. You're more and more unhappy, stressed out in the workplace, the corporate culture. So yeah. then, so, so then I, I, I was, um, I had a huge stroke of good fortune, which was that, um, the housing market in LA was going up and up and up. <laughs> and I um, had bought my house when it was like rock bottom. So I was, I was able to sell my house. I mean, that's how I was like, I kind of leveraged all these things like, okay, I'm just going to like be like a booster rocket out of LA and I'm going to go give myself an opportunity to make this writing thing happen and see what I can do. And my sister was living in Alaska and she had, um, recently had a, a baby who just graduated eighth grade, but um, <laughs> at the time it was a baby. And he really wanted me to come and just help her out with, with her, you know, her family, help her family out for a while and just, just hang out, hang out with them basically. And they had extra space in their house. So, um, so I did that. And my plan was to like, um, maybe spend some time in Alaska and then spend some time in Hawaii. I think I like house sat for you at that point. Right. So so I had moved to Hawaii in 2005 and right. had a relationship. Seven, I think. Yeah. Is when I left. So. I think we left LA in 2005. Oh, okay. And, but we were going back and forth. We were still coming to LA as guest teachers uh, to what was our former school. We still came back to guest teach and then we were doing more traveling but uh, I was in Hawaii from about 2005 to 2008. And right. then you came to visit, but, yeah. and then you ended up also. Right. So that, so that was my plan, go back and forth. And right. then I, I met my now husband in Alaska about a couple months after I got to, to, to Alaska, which was. Which is um, extraordinary. And he practiced Ashtanga yoga. He did well. He had in the past, yeah. He had. Right. He wasn't a current, but I kind of got him back into it a little bit. But um, yeah, and he actually had connections to the same area of Hawaii, so it was kind of this weird, really weird, serendipitous kind of meeting that that we actually, you know, um, found each other at that point in time. 
It's wonderful. I have Jennifer visited Hawaii and the Hawaii is one of the deepest, the tallest mountains in the world from the base of the ocean floor. And the water can be so rough because the, the sea bottom just drops off. And we went to this kind of hidden beach where our friends were surfing. It was really gnarly water. I attributed to Jennifer growing up in Maine, which is some pretty tough water. I know your brother lives on an island. And Jennifer just walked into these black, tumultuous waves and like swam out and swam back in. I wouldn't even put my toe in the water. And you came out of the water and you looked like a goddess. And the surfer dudes to either side of me, they were like, she's gorgeous. And I was like, wow. <laughs> like, we were just mesmerized. But there was something when you, you swam in that, you know, prana-filled ocean. Yeah. And just some transformation uh, came <laughs> over you. It was, you know, I, I, my memory is that I almost died in that water. <laughs> Armando rescued me, like pulled his hand in and pulled me out and I almost died <laughs> so maybe there were a couple different times right well you you cheated death and it, and it looked great <laughs> on you sounds good to me so yeah. and then you so took I, a really cool adventure I think you you drove yeah from I, California I, uh, you drove and then you took a boat and yeah it was wild there's the Alaska marine highway you can take this ferry boat Within, and, and stay overnight in it and it just goes goes through the inside passage and when they go a couple different places and then um yeah that was amazing that was so beautiful it was it, to me it was so cold um you know i was from la and i had like my sweaters and my fleece down vests on and other people like in their t-shirts like hey it's warm it's may it's like <laughs> so i had some acclimating to do to alaska which i'm still working on actually so um, but how did then, the, and I, how did, I got here and that was, I just like, at that point I really dedicated myself. I was like, this is going to be my job. If, if to make this work, I have to, you know, it's fun, a fun job, but I have to treat it seriously. Like I, I can't just like, you know, write when I feel like it or, you know, whatever. I have to really, you know, devote myself the same way I had to my Ashtanga practice all those years, like it really served me really well, that kind of consistency um, to just, it, uh, in, in um, there's a saying, I think it's, it's uh, Nora Roberts actually concocted it. So it's, it's not a saying, it's an acronym, BITCHOK, which is butt in chair, hands on keyboard. Right, <laughs> right. That is key to, you know, to writing your books because nothing happens unless you sit there and do it. So, so how many hours a day was that when you got to Alaska and said, I'm butt in the chair? Probably, I would say probably five or six hours a day at that point, which I, which is still, I still write about um, four or five hours a day, generally speaking. And then, and then spend a couple hours on everything else, which is, you know, I mean, a couple hour, endless hours, depending on, you know, what's going yeah. on at the time. But um, promotion, marketing, you know, you're amazing with how you stay in, in communication with your, your, your fans and your, your, your followers and, and your, I don't know what your, right, your subscribers or fans or your every beloved. now and then my boyfriend will be like, who's, you know, who's this guy or who's this person that's, you know, sending you all these Facebook messages or these YouTube messages or whatever. And I'm like, it's a super fan. Like, right. You know, my first thousand subscribers on YouTube, they still show up. They are super fans. So um, well, not everyone's... It's a good thing when they see one. I mean, you know. Thank like, you, Jennifer. Really but I did, I did take note that you and I were on a similar trajectory and maybe for women like of our generation where we used, we saw these platforms for social media, for outreach, for tribe building, and we used them. Uh, we yeah. were using the tools that 20 year olds were using. Um, right. And, you know, I love your newsletters. You run so many contests. You really do a lot. So I want to yeah. hear about all that, but I want to hear how you got to the romance. And I want to tell you something about me that you might not know. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I probably I, I, read a hundred Barbara Cartland books. You? Oh. So 
when I was um, about age 10 to 13, my father was in sales and distribution for publishing. And he internationally, so he traveled and he went to these international book events and stuff. And so someone that he knew who had a company in England, in London said, hey, why don't you move to England for a couple of years and work for me? And my parents just thought that was the greatest adventure. So we moved to England. So the great thing about having a father who's in distribution is, one, he could get me any book from the company that he worked for, but he had friends everywhere. So he could get any book that we wanted. So I grew up in a house full of books. So the company that my dad worked for in London uh, published Barbara Cartland. And I started reading them and he brought me 10 a week. They're like, they're like candy. You can't, you can't ever. Oh my God. I couldn't stop. And I just was immersed in the world of like this, kind you know this kind of uh Heathcliff and uh Jane Eyre narratives that were so delicious and so for me you know well if someone has dark hair and are <laughs> the olive skin and they arrive on a black horse oh she's <laughs> gonna fall in love but he's no good um so I I love romance I love the addiction of it I, it would just filled my imagination. And I did, I just could read, I could lie in bed all day and yeah. read them. And I wanted to read as many as possible. I wanted like this shelf next to my bed to be as thumb worn. <laughs> That's so great. I, yeah, she's, she's just such an icon, obviously. But um, yeah, I, I am a romance reader from way back. Way wow. Back. Um, I, I think my Georgette Hire was similar, similar to Barbara Cartland little bit um uh she's more comic you know so my sensibilities like in my books i i like humor you know um and uh who like norma so, well susan elizabeth phillips i think was probably my main inspiration and that's who i was reading when i was you know in la and getting miserable and as i, I always do every time in my life when i'm unhappy i turn to my romance novels wonderful and I discover them all over again and so it's been a pattern like sometimes i in my life i've been too busy or occupied with other things but um uh i always they're always it's always like a comfort like a a comfort blanket but also an escape like yeah and i think the reason why oh, the great romance it just pulls it's a film yeah. for me it's a film yeah. in its entirety and they're, you know, empowering because they're centered around a, a, a woman. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's a couple, it's a, ro it's a romance, but generally speaking, you know, the, uh, it's also about a woman's journey often. It's the heroine. It's not the hero's journey. It's the right. heroine's journey. Right. I mean, the heroes sometimes can also have their journeys in, in a romance novel, but, but the point is they're at least, the woman is at least equal and, and a, and usually more so, you know, in, in kind of where it's the perspective that it's from. So um, that's not, you don't find that that often in books, really, in, out, out in the world. So I think that's one reason why um, I was, have always been drawn to them. Like it spoke, they spoke to me and they, they talked in a language that I understood. Like I love thinking about relationships and it's like, they're fascinating. And um, anyway, so I was at that, at that point, like, you know, diving into my romance novels again and discovering a bunch of new ones and people were writing amazing new romances um so did you study structure i i actually used uh, from my screen writing studies i based a lot of my um my plotting my structuring on that um and it, it seemed to work work pretty well um because i've never done I mean, and, and everything else is just kind of from reading so many. I have read so many romance novels. It's like it's it's in you know the 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 flow and the pattern is just kind of like ingrained in me by now. Um, so you know, so that's obviously they've given me so much joy over the years. Those books, that is what I was drawn to write at that at that point. I was just I, I needed I needed I needed that escape and that. Um, sense of hope <laughs> you know optimism that a romance novel brings and so that's what i started writing and i it wasn't like i set out to be like oh i'm a romance writer that was just what i wanted to write in that moment and i just really enjoyed it really loved it and then and then and started you love the community right 
Well, then I discovered the community. I didn't really connect for that. Yeah. I, um, uh, I kind of was talking to a, I like one author, uh, guru, (laughs) you know, mentor who is Joanna Cole, who wrote the magic school bus books. She doesn't, you know, she's not a romance author, but the first thing she said was, um, join your professional organization. Um, and I didn't, you know, even though there was one, but I joined and then I discovered all these other amazing people, you know, women mostly writing and, and making this their, their profession, their career. And, um, it was just really, you know, just mind expanding to discover this community and you know you're talking and then about the readers are such a dedicated community oh, yeah romance readers are amazing they are um you know i can't i like make my my heart is actually like, like swelling right now thinking about them they're so loyal and they're so um kind and you know not 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 saying everybody is like kind but they discover an author that they love they really really support that person and um, uh, and, you know, we'll come to the signings and come to, you know, they, they we have, we have these like big conferences where, you know, 2000 romance, you know, uh, author, 1000 romance authors will be there and 2000, 5000 bands will show up for the signings. And it's like, they, they're just, they collect things, they collect the bookmarks and the, you know, they love things that are, you know, they love anything kind of mementos and yeah like little like swag items that you know and they're they're just i just they're they're just wonderful they're it's such an amazing community um now when you write i know you there's certain series that you write you have a fireman series you have a baseball team series but how much are how much do you write for the audience now that you know them or do you not at all do you have a I mean, not that you're not writing for your, your story, but are you kind of called to give your audience certain satisfaction or certain intrigue? That's an interesting question. Um, kind of. I mean, you know, I, don't, I can't say that I always know exactly what people are going to like. I mean, whenever I write a book, I always fear that this is going to be the one that everybody hates, you know, <laughs> that I just didn't hit any of the marks. But... I guess what I feel is as, as long as, um, you know, people, people want to feel, feel good at the end of a book. They want, they want to feel like the characters have, um, have gone through something and they've gone through something with the characters and it's come to a good place and, um, they want to be able to smile at various points, but they also want, you know, you know, you don't get the smiles and the happiness unless there's been some kind of, you know, hard things happening along the way. So, you know, the, the black moment is, is a big, a big part of it. You know, the, that triumphing over, triumphing over disaster or adversity of some kind, or, um, I just, my, my goal is to just, you know, take people on that kind of emotional passage and leave them at a good place where they feel hopeful and smiling. So maybe I'm, you know, I, like I say, I can't read people's minds. I don't know what they're going to like. They, they tell me nice things that they like it, but there could, there could be things that I've not hit, you know, perfectly. But, um, so I don't, I don't think specifics in terms of like, Oh, I've got to have a fireman in here. I think right. more, I want the emotional underpinnings to be there. Um, that's what I focus on. So when you oh, the sex scenes, there's got to be some sex scenes. I, I oh, of know course, that. there has to be some sex scenes. <laughs> My favorite part. So, <laughs> so um, uh, you when you began, you wrote you wrote your first romance novel, let's say from Alaska, and then you went in a traditional manner towards traditional publishing. You looked for an agent. Yeah. And your agent shopped the book. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I um, and yep. It's a whole. At, at the time, I mean, the industry has has transformed radically um, since I started, and I came in right at the end, right before that big transition happened. Um, at the end of sort of paper. Yeah. What, what was there? So there's basically, you know, 
only one choice, which was to find a, a, a publisher, an agent, and you can only find a publisher through an agent. So first you have to find the agent, and that was really, really hard too. Um, but you know, as soon as I started, things worked out for me more easily right away in romance writing than they ever had in Hollywood. Like I found an agent pretty, pretty soon, um, you know, and then she, it took us a little bit, but then she did sell, you know, <clears throat> three books to Avon. And that was, you know, my, my dream publisher. I was so thrilled. Um, so I was um, so thrilled too. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, but the, the, the advent of eBooks really changed a lot of things for, for um, publishing and especially for romance because um, there, I mean, there could not be a more perfect format for romance readers because we, we read a lot. <laughs> the romance readers are voracious and love to read and love to have you know, a lot of books. And with eBooks, you can price them really, really low um, so that, uh, you know, you can buy that many more of them <laughs> and, um, you know, you have them all sitting here in your e-reader. You don't have, you know, people monitoring what, you know, I mean, I love the covers, but some people laugh at cover at the, you know, romance covers. I wanted to show, this is my current romance cover. <laughs> nice. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, it's, it's a perfect format for a romance reader. And it really, um, it became more and more difficult to get, like, like, like this, this, the in, indie publishing people, people publishing their own books, kind of um, became much, that became a much more viable path. And um, it, it, if you, you so you're either going to go for print and go for a traditional publisher and like go through all these hoops and, you know, and then maybe, and then you end up getting like 8% royalties. Or now you can choose this other path of, well, I'm just gonna, you know, hire my own editor or hire my own cover designer and, you know, create my own books, you know, put them up, upload them in the platforms, and then yeah, I can make that many more of them available. Um, you so know, you so, own, so you pivoted as the industry pivoted. Yes. And then you took on all these other roles. Yeah, yeah. Of, which self-publishing roles and community building roles and and then bringing other people on board uh like an editor at what point how many novel did you always use an when you left first went out on your own from avon did you always use an editor or oh, yeah. Well, it, well, you know, when, you, when, when you're with a publisher like avon right. they, they do all that stuff right they, you know, I loved my editor. I, I still adore her. But um, yeah, but when, then when you go out, and, you, you know, when you're doing your own, you have to just hire somebody and, and pay them. You know, some people don't, but I, I, I would not recommend that. <laughs> Definitely. Good, that's good to know. I think um, it's, it's hard for creative people, even say people that are in the wellness field, our creative people are in the yoga field, and people who sort of um, have always done everything for themselves or they feel that I am the intellectual property. I am the creative spark and knowledge of what I do. It's quite difficult to let go and say, I need an editor and I have to spend on that. I need a book designer and I'm going to spend on that. Was that, was that easy for you to do? Well, I, since I came you know, I started with a traditional publisher who had wonderful editors and, and great cover designers. And, you know, the, then the, the issue there is kind of the opposite. Like I, I had very little say in my covers um, and they would just kind of appear in my inbox. And I, you know, <laughs> if there was something I didn't like, it would have to be like a really big thing for me to, you know, say anything about it. So actually, you you know becoming uh, more of an independent or you know self-published or indie published um is actually you gain more control a lot more control because now i spend you know i tweak my covers until i'm absolutely happy and it's exactly right. how i wanted it and sometimes i redo the cover completely i put the book out and i'm like I, I just did that recently with a book it just wasn't working for me and i felt like it would do better um, be more eye-catching with a different cover. So I just changed it. I just 
I didn't, I don't have graphic artist skills. I fully know that. So I'm more than happy to pay somebody who has right. those skills to do what they can do and work their magic. And, um, but I get to hire them. I get to decide this is the person that I want to hire. And I love that person's work and, and I'm going to work with them to make it what I want. And then you're very skilled at enrolling your readership community, new covers, which do you like best or, you know, early. The, the more that, that I love engaging people in the process and those who want to be, you know, they, I, I like to make, you know, I have a, a reader group that I love on Facebook. Um, and there's, I think there's about a thousand, well, over a thousand people in it. And extraordinary Jennifer. Well, they, they, you know, they participate as much as they want to, but it's there for them, you know, and, and I, I hop in there every day, do something. Um, you know, and I, all the platforms, I, you know, I'm not as active as some people, um, you know, it might be like, I've not been on TikTok. <laughs> I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really a video person. Like I admire the things you do so much. I'm, I'm not especially comfortable in video. So I haven't really gotten into that, but the things that, that I am comfortable with, I, I, I love to do those and, um, anything that's interactive to interact with readers. I, I think it's great. I, I always enjoy it. <laughs> so it, how, how do you sort of sew up your day and say like, okay, office writing hours are over office hours on the admin and everything else, uh, and the social media or the community building office hours are over. And now I'm here, uh, to have share my life with my partner, uh, with my stepdaughters. How do you do that? Or do you, or do you not do it? Do you just get so I should do that. <laughs> no, um, it's one beautiful thing that I am so feel so lucky um, is that, you know, for years and years, I worked a schedule at, at my TV station. And most people do, we work a schedule. That's just the way, you know, our, our society is structured. Um, and I always like, you know, chafed at it a little bit. Like I want, I, like, I want to like, I want to dictate my own time, you know? And, you know, now I've kind of, got, <laughs> I kind of have that. I do have that. There's nobody telling me when I have to do anything, but that means I have to tell myself to do it. Right. And that can be, that can be a big challenge. Um, but I, so I don't have a strict, a strict schedule, but I do it more in terms of, I have to write, you know, 4,000 words a day. That's, that's my writing schedule. It can be in the morning if that's what works out with whatever else is happening with, um, you know, my, my family, or it can be, you know, it can't be at the night cause I just don't work well at night. It has to be at some point up, up until like about six. Any, but I mean, to any time in there, I can just, or, or I, can, I can split it. But, um, but I, I, I stick to the word count more than the time so that it, that's just a goal that I can. Okay, it's more time. tangible. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not blocking out hours that, you know, because we live in this kind of homesteady kind of, kind of property and you just never know. Like right now we're, we're trying to chainsaw some trees to create a driveway. You know, if I had to say, no, I, I can't do it between 10 and two, you know, that wouldn't really be, you know, it depends on the weather, depends on, you know, when everybody else is available to help us. So the flexibility is really important. And, and that is what I wanted, you know, so right. I have it. <laughs> but, I, but I also have to be, you know, disciplined with myself. And I'm very, also very fortunate that my husband is fully on board with this and he will he's always, you know, make sure it works. It's just okay for you. When are you going to get your stuff done? You know, let's make right. sure you get that done. So he's, he's very, he's not trying to like take over all my, all my writing time, um, which I really appreciate. But of course. So it sounds know. like there's good communication. Yeah. And it's really important. I, um, it's, it can be difficult for, for women um, to claim that for themselves, I think. And to, to actually take you know especially something like like romance writing which you know i take it seriously but a lot of people kind of will like laugh at at romance a little bit and and that's because 
Yeah, I don't know the reasons. It just has a reputation. It's like the bodice ripper. So it's like fluff. It's like it's not important, you know. But it's very important for those of us who love it and very important for whatever people's reasons are. Like they don't, you know, maybe for some it's, you know, uh, an emotional thing. Maybe for some it's a distraction from their really hard job, you know, working in a hospital, whatever. But it is important. And so... um for 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 women to be able to to get into this field and to start writing, it really helps to have a supportive husband and or a supportive partner or you know or you know not everybody is married but um, if you are then to not have that person kind of rolling their eyes and at your little hobby you know and I've seen that happen to some of my friends and it it's hard you know I think it's hard and I'm I'm I've always been grateful that I don't have to don't have to i don't know fight for my my self-respect in that sense like it's it is a very worthy and important um job just like any other so well i'm so glad that you have that support and that good communication and i think that you know communicating with our whoever we share our home with or even with our family members if they're far away we have these agreements that we agree to like, and we communicate those agreements and it might take a while to establish them to say like, Hey, I let you know that this was the time that I needed. And so can we visit this conversation in two hours? Um, And those are agreements. Oh, right. We made that agreement. Sure. And then it just communication and having these agreements just gets easier and easier. Definitely. Definitely. And that respect of like, your needs are just as important as, as my needs. We're all, but all of our, all of our needs are important. Let's, let's figure this out. Um, yeah. Respect and communication. Why? <laughs> you know, I got married later in life. So I've, you know, it's worked out. It's worked out amazingly. But, you brought um, a lot of uh, life experience in mm-hmm. as, yeah. as, you know, ma- mature minded, <laughs> have some life experience and wisdom. Right. Right. Hopefully. Do you, <laughs> do you take a true day off or are you 4,000 words every day, seven days um, a week? I do take days off from writing, but on the, the days that I don't write, um, I, there's, there's no day that I don't do something. I do something every day. Um, I mean, you know, it could just be promotion or, you know, putting together a newsletter. Um, <clears throat> or, you know, there's so many things, so many things involved with a writing career, but I do something every day. I don't, I don't necessarily write 4,000 words every day. That would probably kill me, but <laughs> you absolutely have to have a break now and then. Do you have a project management list or do you carry it all in your head? I started off with a, I had a big um, erasable calendar for the year. And I would, you know, just use a Sharpie and, and put down, okay, I want to have this book done by then and it has to go to the editor by then and um, have it up for pre-order by, by this point. And um, that was because when I first started, I, I, uh, I had all these ambitions and, and plans and these different series I wanted to write. And how am I, it, it was so liberating to be on my own um, and like very exhilarating feeling. Like I can, I can do it. I don't have to wait six months to hear from my publisher. Wow. I, when I first got my first contract, the, 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 um, the first book in the series wasn't going to come out until like two years later <gasps> because that was, um, they wanted to speak out in the fall because that was when debuts did best and you know, all this stuff. It made sense. It was like, what am I like? Just, there's so much waiting in publishing. So, um, when I decided to just, um, just go out on my own and, and, and do it, do it for myself. It was, it was like this massive injection of like adrenaline and excitement and, um, a little fear <laughs> for sure. So I had everything mapped out in this calendar, but now I, now I know I don't, I, I've got, the, I've got my rhythm down and, and I, and I could also be very flexible. That's the other part with independent publishing. You just, I decide, no, I, I need to, you know, wait on that book another month. Like I had to kind of shift things up with this, you know, current situation of the, you know, 
lockdowns and, and pandemic just because I didn't have the mental bandwidth to write 4,000 words a day. And my, my, and my husband mentioned to you, my husband was, was sick for a while. So I just, I just cut down my writing time so that I could manage the load and, you know, still made it happen. So the flexibility is really wonderful for me. I love that. Um, yeah, I, I may get back to a project management. I mean, it's a good idea. It's a good thing to do. And I did it at first. <laughs> I should probably do that again. But. Well, I just launched Kiki TV uh, platform. And um, I spent about a month looking for the right platform, uh, how I was going to do it. I, I knew that live Zoom classes are important. You know, during this sort of quarantining, people yeah. don't just want video on demand. They want the live engagement. And so I did about a month really kind of bumping around in the dark and looking at different things and trying different tools. Then I found the platform that I'm on. And really in 10 days, I did so many things. And I was like, I'm going to launch no matter what. And um, I was... I was kind of stupefied with fatigue, but I was so excited to fulfill it. So I do have some project management lists and my position now, and I'm inspired to hear this from you, is I'm just bringing on a few um, kind of consultants to do a few things. Yes, I'm definitely moving, like I need the project management list, but I need to give pieces of the list to other people so that I can really enjoy this creative part. Right, right. And, you know, people have their, their skills um, out there and that they're willing to share them. <laughs> I mean, have you ever gone on fi Fiverr? Yes. I. So yeah. something that I just did uh, on Fiverr yesterday was I sent the transcript I sent of last week's expert event. So someone is going to do a full English. Oh, really? Just chin. Wow. Yeah, I know the world today. It's changing so fast, and you know, it it can be it can be, you know, overwhelming sometimes. But um, you know, it's also quite beautiful. Some of these changes. It I love the, being able to connect with people around the world just by you know logging onto your phone and checking. It's like it's incredible. You know, 10 years ago, that would be unthinkable. It's right. And even here we are now, you know, doing this. And yeah. I think we probably haven't seen each other in person in six or seven years. Yeah, probably. Because I think New York was, was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, like I was fast I your whole family. I, I, your whole family came to visit in Hawaii. Yeah, I remember, and you were staying in that beautiful area, and um, I, I went down to meet you, and I was moving, I was leaving Hawaii, and I was giving away a lot of things, and I had all these sun hats that I was giving away, and so I gave your family sun hats, and when I went down to like the lagoon, and I was looking for you, I saw your whole family sitting on the rocks. Wearing my sun hats. <laughs> right. That's so great. Um, so that was just fantastic. Yeah, they were they were thrilled to meet you. I really love so funny. Yeah. Well we got we also got lucky there was that the crazy, you know, lava eruption that um <clears throat> uh you know wiped out a lot a lot of those those beautiful spots. Those beautiful but, ponds, I know. Those are the most beautiful snorkeling ponds. Yeah. We bring people there. We say, oh, come, come to that? these amazing snorkeling ponds. And it just looked like craggy rock. And yeah. anyone that I ever brought there, they'd be like, why did you bring me here to this craggy rock? You had to go in the water. <laughs> Those tide pools were so beautiful. And then you got down in the water. Jennifer, I just, there might be, a question here yeah. and I do want to start That's so great <laughs> thank you for a lovely talk I enjoyed it and love the dedication and the can do attitude yes Jennifer I agree and I really that's why I wanted you to share 
because to to my mind and for how long I've known you and I watch you and uh, I just love seeing all the joy and you know everything you've created in your life and how prolific you are that's what I wanted to share uh, and I wanted people to benefit from is the dedication and the can-do attitude and that you continue to just keep learning and growing and stretching so well, thank you yeah it's, it's an adventure sure <laughs> any <laughs> little closing, bit of time any closing words or anything you want to share i am going to share uh tell us where we can find you but i will share it in the show notes but tell us where we can find you well um the hub of everything obviously is my my website jenniferbernard.net and um from there you know you can sign up for my newsletter you can find all my you know I'm on Facebook. I'm on I my Facebook reader group, which I mentioned, which is wonderful. And um, I, think I, I'm, I do, I'm getting more into Instagram lately. I love Instagram. So I'm there as well. But mostly, um, I would say, you know, Facebook and my, uh, my newsletter. Your newsletter. Yeah. And you have a fantastic newsletter. I think even for someone who is a student of, say, social media or a student of community building, or they want to you know, be more in touch with their tribe and share a lot with their yeah. tribe, sign up for Jennifer's newsletter because it's an education in how to build a tribe and stay in touch and bring a lot of heart and warmth and your true nature um, into <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it's true. It was daunting, daunting at first, like, like, you know, like most things and like, how do I do it? What do I say? You know, what do I want to talk about? But but I've gotten more comfortable with it. I really love it now. Just kind of reaching out like that. So when your yeah. newsletter comes into my mailbox, I feel like Jennifer is there and that's really nice. I'm like, Jennifer's here. <laughs> so it's really real. And Jennifer is in Alaska and her recent newsletter, there was pictures of bears and a bear claw on a tree. I was like, Oh my gosh, never climb a tree. If you're running from bear, look at that. bear claw. <laughs> yeah. It was deep too. It's like, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, any just final words? Um, I just, you know, we're all on our own crazy journey <laughs> in this life. We don't ever really know where it's going to take us. So um, I'm very grateful that I've found, you know, things that, that I love spending my time on. And um, I, I hope that everybody can can um can have that and especially yoga i would say is one of what has been one of my guiding lights and and you have for sure like you've been so inspiring to me over the years and um i believe that watching you has has helped me take steps in my life so we all help each other we're all connected um and i'm very grateful you invited me and it's thank you you to see all your amazing success Thank you so much, Jennifer. To, to my mind, and for how long I've known you, and I watch you, and uh, I just love seeing all the joy and you know everything you've created in your life and how prolific you are, that's what I wanted to share. Uh, and I wanted people to benefit from is the dedication and the can-do attitude and that you continue to just keep learning and growing and stretching. So well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's an adventure sure. <laughs> any <laughs> little bit closing, of time. Any closing words or anything you want to share? I am going to share. Uh, tell us where we can find you. But I will share it in the show notes. But tell us where we can find you. Well, um, the hub of everything obviously is my my website, jenniferbernard.net, and um, from there you know you can sign up for my newsletter. You can find all my you know. I'm on Facebook. I'm on I my Facebook reader group, which I mentioned, which is wonderful. And um, I, think I, I'm, I do, I'm getting more into Instagram lately. I love Instagram. So I'm there as well. But mostly, um, I would say, you know, Facebook and my, uh, my newsletter. Your newsletter. Yeah. And you have a fantastic newsletter. I think even for someone who is a student of, say, social media or a student of community building, or they want to you know, be more in touch with their tribe 
and share a lot with your yeah. tribe. Sign up for Jennifer's newsletter because it's an education in how to build a tribe and stay in touch and bring a lot of heart and warmth and your true nature um, into. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's true. It was daunting, daunting at first, like every, like you know, like most things, and like how do I do? What do I say? You know, what do I want to talk about? But but I've gotten more comfortable with it. I really love it now. Just kind of reaching out like that. So when your yeah. newsletter comes into my mailbox, I feel like Jennifer is there and that's really nice. I'm like, Jennifer's here. <laughs> so it's really real. And Jennifer is in Alaska and her recent newsletter, there was pictures of bears and a bear claw on a tree. I was like, Oh my gosh, never climb a tree. If you're running from bear, look at that. bear claw. <laughs> yeah. It was deep too. It's like, Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, any just final words? Um, I just, you know, we're all on our own crazy journey <laughs> in this life. We don't ever really know where it's going to take us. So, um, I'm very grateful that I've found, you know, things that, that I love spending my time on. And, um, I, I hope that everybody can can um can have that and especially yoga i would say is one of what has been one of my guiding lights and and you have for sure like you've been so inspiring to me over the years and um i believe that watching you has has helped me take steps in my life so we all help each other we're all connected um and i'm very grateful you invited me and it's thank you you to see all your amazing success Thank you so much, Jennifer. And, you know, we have our gifts. We each have our own unique gifts. That's our dharma. And say, just to use your story as an example, you had your gifts. You brought them to L.A. You had an idea of how they should be manifesting through screenplays. And and that, that wasn't it. But now to live with joy every day, to have joy doing the thing that we love, that our right. gifts are engaged. And I think that is really important. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. It may not come in the exact form that you imagined, but if you keep at it, it will come. Everyone, thank you, thank so, you so much. For having me. Yes, Jennifer, thank you for joining me today. And everyone, thank you for stopping by and listening and viewing at kikitv.life.